Welcome to Coaching the Coach. I'm your host, Pete Townley, for the Upstate Performance Project. Hey guys, good to be back. It's been about two months since our last podcast. Um, lots been going on. Chelsea and I got married, went on a honeymoon. We had a uh, summer camp for some youth athletes that took up a lot of time. We've been very, very busy, uh, but all great stuff. You know, you can always expect when uh, when we take a break from the podcast that something's going on. Something something good is going on. We're, I'm never going to stop doing this. I'm never going to run out of ideas. Um, just have gym and life events. You know, guys, this, the podcast is not my full-time job. Um, be cool if it was, right? I like doing it. Um, but honestly, I do this as a labor of love. I want to give back uh, to some of the up-and-coming trainers. And that, and I'm going to get to that. That's going to be a lot of what we talk about today. But, you know, I don't do this um, full-time. So as much as I'd like to post more often, I can get to one when I can get to one. And I think you guys know that by now. Okay. Uh, all right. So get, getting into today's topic, I do want to talk about... Um, a little bit of self-reflection. You guys have heard me talk about this a lot, but I think it's very important, um, you know, to always figure out where you're going. And we've talked about having a three to five year plan. If you go back and listen to a lot of the last few uh, podcasts, we've talked a lot about direction and and you know coming up, being authentic, and uh, you know you being your your guide. You you can you can guide yourself to where you want to be and how to do all of these things. And again, I've always tried to leave you guys with something every podcast um, to work on, to put into practice right away, and today's no different. So, as I mentioned, Chelsea and I just got married. And we took our honeymoon in Miami, Florida. It was great. I had never been there before. Saw a lot of cool things. We went out. Um out on the town and you know got a got a sense of what Miami was like hit a few of the touristy things but but we also tried to go to a lot of like um, you know local places places that you know we feel like maybe aren't tourist traps but you know give a real sense of what you know day-to-day life in Miami is like um, so we had a great time but anytime I take a, a way a step away from the gym I have time to reflect, and usually I use that time to think about my next move. And, and you've heard me talk a lot about our three to five year plan and what we want to do, where we want to go. And this time was no different. Chelsea and I kind of sat back and we evaluated where we are, um, what our next move should be. Um, you know, a lot's changed with COVID, and a lot of things have changed, um, not just how things are done with us, but just in, in the fitness world world in general and you know some so some of our ideas that we've wanted to do over the last few years have to kind of evolve and change with that that's that's fine that's just part of business right um but you don't have to um necessarily give up on ideas you just retool them and and that's kind of what we did we took some time to kind of re-strategize what we wanted to do I, i i remember at the beginning of 2020 gosh wish you know seems like a lifetime ago uh, having these same kind of discussions and being so gung-ho and spending so much time putting together some of these programs that 
unfortunately due to COVID, uh, kind of, kind of killed because, uh, they required gyms and a lot of gyms were shutting down. And so we've had to revamp and retool a whole lot, but that's okay. You know, that's part of business. Um, another thing that we have kind of looked at and I've looked at over the last year, and, and this is, this is more of a personal self-reflection. I mean, it's related to business, but it's something that I've noticed myself. Um, and I've, I've briefly mentioned this on some other podcasts, but like I said, I wanted to get some more meat behind this today and, and, and talk more in depth about, um, don't be bitter, just be better. That's kind of, that's, that's the title of the podcast. Uh, as you saw, don't, don't be bitter, be better. And, and really I've looked back at some of these rants that I've done and some of the, the, you know, talks I've done about what's out there in the fitness world. And I've always prefaced it with, I'm not trying to hate on anyone's hustle. I'm not trying to be the old grumpy man saying, oh, well, we know what to do. We do it better. You know, don't, you know, don't listen to these kids. You know, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, and I've even mentioned that they get excited. A lot of the young kids, young up and coming trainers, I shouldn't say kids, that's demeaning. A lot of the young trainers out there are excited because they're learning some of the stuff that that I know, some of the stuff that trainers my age have known for years. They're just now learning it, and they have this new exciting medium like TikTok and Instagram and YouTube to get their information out, things that we didn't have when I was their age. So by no means am I slamming them for trying to do it. All I'm trying to say is, hey, when you put information out, you need to make sure that, you know, you've kind of covered your bases. And, and if you're excited about this, make sure you put it in the right context. Basically, I've hoped that any, anyone that has heard my podcast, or at least the specific ones where I've kind of ranted a little bit about the online fitness world that, it, that we have today, that people have taken it with, you know, corrective, um, criticism and and um and not like hey you're stupid you don't know what you're doing stop it you're you're a young idiot who doesn't know any better it's more of like hey i see where you're going i see what you're doing but you got to think about things you got to be a little bit more strategic so as you grow and learn and change opinions or change strategies even you need to acknowledge that and that's part of growing up and pe- people will identify with that people will like you being real in that fashion. So, um, but I'm no different, right? I'm, I've been in this business a long time. I'm still learning new things. And one of the things that I want to talk about today, a couple, couple different things are how I look at fitness. Now for a long time, many, many years, fitness to me was very serious in the sense that I did it for a living, and so anyone that didn't take it seriously, anyone that was making a joke about it, any, any, anyone that was not doing the style of training that I felt was the best, and the reason I felt it was the best was because of my background and my education and my experience and all of those things. It's not that I ever put it down, but in the back of my head, I was like, no, they're not doing it right, and they need to do better. They need to do this. They need to do... You know, and at some point along the way, I don't know, a few, several years ago, I, I remember saying to myself, well, hey, they're, at least they're doing something. So that's better than nothing, right? 
And so I, I cooled off on that. And that was, again, years ago. So that was one kind of big leap forward in, in my maturity, just saying, okay, look, they may be doing things that I don't really like, you know, like CrossFit being a big one. When it first came out, now, let me just preface this by saying, I've been around a while. I was a strength and conditioning coach before CrossFit was even invented. Um, so I saw it rise, go to its meteoric heights, and I see where it is today, still kind of, you know, king of the hill. And I don't hate CrossFit. You've heard me say that before, but there are things about it that I don't like. And when it first came out, it was a little bit different than it is now. There were some things people didn't quite understand yet, and, and that is some of the new coaches just took it and ran without really looking into all aspects of fitness. They just saw the wads and went with it and that's all they knew. And there were some critiques I had back then, but my biggest thought was they're gonna hurt themselves, they're not doing it right, blah, 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 blah. Well, again, it did do a lot for getting people active, getting people using <clears throat> competition, using other things to get people excited about working out. And as a health professional, I have to be um, happy about that. That has to be something that I find good. Um, is it the best way? Is it my favorite way? Not necessarily, but you know, the way I like to train and the way I train a lot of my clients, some people may not think is the best or the right way. So again, it got people moving. And if people are willing to go out and exercise and do stuff, even if it's not, quote, the best for them, or they could be doing something more effective, they're doing something. And again, that whole mentality probably maybe 10 years ago, I started to kind of change my mind. You know, so in my 20s, I was hard and fast about gotta do it this way. And you know, then into my 30s, I started looking into different things. And that's when I actually, you know, uh, linked up with, with the CrossFit there in, in Lawrence where I was living and just threw myself into coaching there um, but doing it, doing my strength and conditioning stuff, not necessarily doing CrossFit. And, and what was great was that guy, uh, Thomas, if you're listening, he was very receptive to having someone in the non CrossFit world come in and give a different perspective. He was just wanting to learn. And, you know, like I said, I had a really good appreciation for just people getting moving in whatever capacity they wanted to. And so now I'm in my forties, mid forties, even. And I'm starting to kind of reflect again about, you know, all the things that are out there and 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 what it means to evolve and not necessarily change my opinions, um, but change my outlook on things. There are definite ways I like to train people and there are definite ways I think I can argue would be more effective. Um, there are different ways of marketing yourself that I don't agree with. Uh, there are, you know, some are more effective than others. In fact, from a marketing standpoint, you know, I think you want to get to a word of mouth kind of scenario, which fortunately Chelsea and I are at. But when we were up and coming with our business, trying to market it, you know, we looked into doing a lot of things out there that at the time I thought were going to be great. But we didn't do, mainly due to money, cost, but looking back, I'm like, man, I'm so glad I didn't do that because they seem hokey or they, I see more about what they were all about 
And it, it was about, you know, getting people to sign up for a program and getting money up front rather than the program itself. And there's a whole host of those kind of programs out there. But the point I'm trying to make is as I have grown uh, in the business and my feelings have changed over the years, you know, adopted different movement styles, forgotten some and coming back to some. And one of the things that Chelsea and I had a conversation with while we were kind of reflecting on where to go next, what to do, where are we going to take the Upstate Performance Project, happened to be with nutrition. And, you know, diet fads have come and gone and, you know, you're always going to have certain things. But one of the basic concepts, and it just happened to be about nutrition, but this is not necessarily a nutrition talk. We, we heard an ad, um, we, were, we were sitting in the airport and we heard this ad and it was talking about, um, this girl was talking about, you know, how, you know, you shouldn't starve yourself. You shouldn't, you know, cut out all carbs and, you know, basically all these things. And, and again, her information was not wrong. It was more or less, I agreed with what she said. And it was one of those scenarios where, again, she's a young trainer just learning this stuff. And so she's excited to get it out there. So that was great. But it started to get me thinking about diet and exercise and things being cyclical. And we know things come in and out of favor. I, I can I can remember back, back probably 2005, 2006, I was using those Aerodyne. I had a Schwinn. I had two of them in the gym I was at. It's just what the gym had when I started, so I used them. I, it wasn't because I thought they were the best. It wasn't because I did some studies and you know thought that they were going to be the best piece of equipment I could get. It's what I had. It's what I used, and I got good results with it, so I stuck with it. Even when I had money to buy and upgrade equipment, I stuck with that. Well, a lot of times, that was kind of frowned upon for a while in, in certain circles. Now, Aerodyne bikes are all the rage, right? And so these fads or these trends or these exercises come and go out of popularity. Kettlebells are another thing. Kettlebells were used 120, 130 years ago or more, fell out of favor for certain reasons. And then, you know, in the mid 2000s came back into favor and people like, oh, you got to try these new things. Well, they're not really that new, right? But they come in and out of favor. Things are cyclical. We know this, it's nothing new. But it got me to thinking, that there's always kind of a reset period, right? Like it, it, there's always something like, um, as, as a fad, and I don't want to even call it a fad as something gains popularity, it will then eventually kind of wear itself out and then won't be talked about. It may still be used, but not widely may not completely go away, you know, wanes in popularity, but it will come back in favor. Someone to use it and be like, oh man, I forgot how cool this was. I forgot how effective this was. And so then it, you know, depending on the right person, the way they market it, who they are, what they're doing can kind of reignite, um, a, uh, a, a spike or reignite a surge in that particular um, uh, exercise. Sorry, got distracted. There's people showing up at the gym, just checking, looking down below, um, making sure I don't need to run down there. Um, anyhow, 
And it got me to think about whenever there's this cyclical nature, whenever there's something, there's a reset or a re, uh, I guess resets the best way to say it in thinking it goes back to what was in the textbooks when I first started coming through the game, right? So it's like a lot of things that I remember reading about nutrition and, and things I heard, I remember were in not stark contrast, but pretty good contrast to a lot of the fad diets that came out in the early 2000s. And I was like, you know, I don't, I, I was very against a lot of that stuff. And I, and I, and I was able to cite reasons why, and I was able to even discern that, you know, for different populations, different nutrition regimens, we'll say, diet plans, meal plans, uh, could be better than others. You know, uh, a low carb diet, not good for athletes, but if you have a significant amount of weight to lose, you know, going low carb may not be a bad idea. So there's certain times to use it and certain times not to use it. But when things become the main, um, focus or the main idea in your space, it, it, it can become very polarizing and you get people who are anti this and for that and, and, it, and it divides people. But eventually once the dust settles, people usually go back to tried and true stuff that's, you know, based in science, based in research, uh, been proven over and over. A lot of the research journals that I read uh, a lot uh, are not necessarily breaking new ground, but they're going back and retesting and retesting and retesting old ideas to see if they still hold up. You know, something like creatine. I remember creatine coming on the scene and, and it gone, again, it was around before I, you know, so the supplement was around before I ever used it. But I remember in high school when I started, when I started hearing about it, there wasn't a lot of research on it. People weren't sure if it was safe. People weren't sure if it was effective. It's one of those things they've run the same kind of test over and over and over and over and over and over again. 25 years later, 30 years later, yeah, it's, it's effective. It's effective in this range. It's effective for these types of athletes. These people should supplement, should not, or, you know, whatever. But the point is, when you learn these things in the ed, in the classroom, or if, you've, if you're self-taught, you know, you can go to the library and get a exercise physiology book and read it yourself and you know, look at YouTube and try to understand some of these concepts. But when you start to educate yourself and start to kind of get to that level of thinking um, and understanding, your idea on a lot of these, uh, you know, fads or things that are a little bit deviant from the normal might kind of come back to this more central thought. And the basic thought is, the basic premise is, everything is dependent on your goals and wants and needs or your clients goals and wants and needs. they call it personal training for a reason there's not a one-size-fits-all diet there's not a one-size-fits-all exercise regimen and again we know this but there are some things that we know do work and you know you hear people debating eh, not as much anymore but for a long time debating you know sets and reps what's the best for hypertrophy what's the best for this? and you notice there's always a range right there's a range because you know doing sets of eight versus sets of 12 you know you can gain a little bit more strength 
using higher weights, but you're gonna have to only do eight reps. That's still on the low range of being effective for hypertrophy. You, know, you go through all these things. What's the best though? What's the best? What's the best? Well, the best thing that I have found, and this has kind of taken, you know, taken some time. Um, be above all else, you've heard me say consistency is definitely the best. Got to be consistent, right? But you have to follow a periodized program. You have to overload yourself. You have to take into consideration diminishing returns. And if you guys are listening to what I'm saying right now, you know that I'm hearkening back to the nine principles of personal training. Again, I did not come up with these nine principles. I didn't coin the nine principles um, name or moniker. It's it's something that I, I remember learning in college, probably in 95, 90, well, 96, I guess I wasn't in college, 95. 96, um, early on, something basic I remember learning, but then not really using or, or thinking about much uh, until I started teaching. And when I started teaching, I remember this has been 2008. Um, so I'd already been in the business for a little while. Now, it was I was doing a lot of these things, but I wasn't consciously doing a lot of these things. But when I started teaching and I started rereading some of these things, it really got me thinking. I'm like, oh yeah, 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 this is true. We got it. We definitely have to do these things. So the thought is, every time I hear about a new fad, every time I hear about a new exercise routine or a new um, whatever, you know, and people get all excited about it, and maybe even abandon things that I've been doing with them and they, they go and chase something else. I can be better, bitter, or I can be better. And what I mean by that is I can be better as in, I can make sure that I educate my clients the best way that I know how. And that is making sure that they understand these nine principles. So yes, it was, this is a sneaky way for me to sneak those nine principles back in. You've heard me say them on countless podcasts, but they are super important. Um, I've done full podcasts on each one, um, and I think that's something I'm going to revisit and kind of do an, an upgraded, updated version of that um, over the next few podcasts. It's just been something I've been thinking about because, again, I see these things pop up and, and they always go back to, well, this or this or this or that. And, you know, one, the diet thing, you know, uh, well, you know, it's actually, this is best for athletes. This is best for, you know, if you're trying to lose weight, this and that, you know, these are things that are, people are putting out there now. Whereas those same people were putting out, like, you've got to do the paleo or you've got to do carnivore, you've got to do keto. And again, not, this is by no means bashing any of those diet plans or, 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 um, ideas. It's just, those aren't catch-alls. You can't say, oh, well, keto worked for me, so it's going to work for everybody. You can't say paleo worked for me, so it's going to work for everybody. Just like a lot of things. But you can say, if you eat the about this amount, you know, this breakdown, if you're an athlete, this is going to give you the best results or better results than this. Uh, if you are trying to lose weight, eating this way will give you better results than eating this way. Not to say that the others can't, it's just that there is a better way. But it goes back to, it resets to this basic fundamental idea that 
Everyone is different. Everyone has different needs. Everyone's body reacts differently. And so when you're talking about calorie needs, there are formulas that get you in the ballpark. Now, are they perfect? No, but they get us in the ballpark. If I, if I do an exercise plan and I give you a squat, a bench, a deadlift, a pull-up, um, what? Maybe a power clean or, or, or a lunge, something like that. Four or five basic movements. And I say, this is it. And I can build you a plan off of that that has progressive overload, has variety, has different things in it, but it's five different movements. Yeah, I can make you a great program. Is that the best program? Well, no, it depends on your needs. Maybe you need more unilateral work. Maybe you need more explosive work, depending on what your needs are. But when we need to start somewhere, there is a jump off point. And usually kind of the basic information that textbooks put out or that um, that you can get um, from coaches who have been in it, they'll often come back to some very basic tried and true methods. And then they have their offshoots based on certain things that they've noticed over the years with their clients. For example, in weightlifting, there are some people that will always put the, the big lifts like, like a squat first and then do their Olympic lifts afterwards. And then you have some people that put their Olympic lifts first and, do, and then they're doing their squat after. Some people will argue that it's better to do for you know your recovery purposes. That way, you know, like if you do your Olympic stuff first, you can recover quicker and then you still have energy for squats versus if you do squats first, your central nervous system will be fried and you won't be able to lift more. But then some people say, well, yeah, that's true. I agree, but that's what I want when I do my Olympic lifts. I want to be tired and fatigued. It's different schools of thought. But, and again, that usually comes with experience. That usually comes with what you've noticed with your athletes, but it does boil down to um, some basic understanding of how the body works, how, how exercise science works. And so again, going back to my, don't be bitter, be better. When there's new things that come out, when there's new fads, when there's new things, don't, don't get upset. Go back to your science, go back to your education, wherever that is. It doesn't have to be formal classroom education. Okay. However you were educated, maybe a mentor, go back to them. And ask him or her and say, hey, I remember you saying something about this. Now I'm hearing this, you know, in these articles or on, on YouTube. What did you say about that again? Don't be afraid to go back to your original source. Because likely you may have heard it correctly at some point. And now things are deviating. And you can get upset from that. Or you can go re-educate yourself. And then make sure that the people you are coaching have a good jump off point. There can always be deviations. Let me give you one more example, then, then we'll get off. I had a client, have a client, um, who for a long time wanted just to get stronger and more flexible. Those were kind of the biggest things. Flexibility was really the, the biggest thing. So we worked on that for a while. So added more strength as he got more flexible and was able to do more. Still work on flexibility, still work on training. At some point along our journey, he got really involved or really intrigued with Olympic lifting. So we started doing power cleans and then power cleans and front squats and then full cleans. And then it was so we added added that in. Now I was not training him to be an Olympic weightlifter. Um, 
And there were certain ways that if he said, I want to compete in weightlifting, his training would have changed. Um, he still just wanted general flexibility in and strength and, and stuff, but he wanted to add in some Olympic lifting, which is great. I love coaching that stuff. So it was not a problem and it wasn't hard to do. The point I'm making is with his program, there were certain things that, you know, if he had never said anything about that, Olympic lifting may not be something I would have done with him for a while because his mobility wasn't there. Now you could argue that teaching Olympic lifts will help you engage or help you improve your uh, flexibility and mobility, which is very true. So that would have been a valid way to do it. But a risk reward with him, I didn't think that that was the best way to go about it. I wanted to do some more traditional methods. And again, I say all of that to say that once we got to a certain level, we reevaluated, we looked at what we needed to do, and we re-looked at those nine principles. And those nine principles are always going to be your guide to make sure whatever it is you're doing with your clients is the right thing. Okay. So I'm going to be going over those nine principles again, uh, individual podcasts. These are going to be some short ones. We're just going to bang them out, maybe seven, eight minute long podcast, just to get these ideas out again and talk about each one, give an example, um, and then give an example of you know where some of these things go wrong. All right. So don't get bitter when you see something new out there and like all these kids are getting it wrong. Everyone's doing it wrong. You got to do that. Just get better at how you can educate them, your clients, and re-educate yourself by taking a step back and realizing that your education was your foundation. And if you don't have that foundation, start building it. Educate yourself by reading books on the topic. You may not need to go to school. I'm not saying that you have to go to a four-year institution and get an exercise science degree. But I also do think there is a huge value in that. But if that's not in your plan, there are, you can get those same books I used in the library online. Very easy to get. And if you can read or listen, you can get that information. So get out there and educate yourself. All right. Have a good one. And we will talk to you soon.